Hello and you're very welcome to Rugby Review 2020 with myself, Aidan Raftree. And on this podcast myself, uh, I'll be talking to Adrian Leddy, uh, who is involved with Connacht Rugby and the IRFU, as well as Craig's Rugby Club. And we'll be taking a look back at uh, 2020 uh, in the world of rugby and how things are and things like that. So you're very welcome to uh, this podcast, Adrian. Thank you very very much, Aidan. And uh, let me wish you... Uh, Aidan and all your listenerships uh, on podcast, uh, a very happy new year and hopefully the 2021 will be good for us all. Hopefully now, hopefully it couldn't get much worse anyway than 2020, but it's uh, it's nice to keep things upbeat and things like that. And I suppose, uh, yeah, we'd like to start off by remembering all those people who passed away in 2020 um, due to COVID or due to other medical conditions and things like that. And of course, we all, we, we have to remember two people individually, uh, you know, specifically would be Connor Kennelly. Um, you know, the two of us knew him very well, Adrian, um, who sadly passed away back in March. And also the Morgan, um, Morgan as well, the referee uh, in, in Roscommon GA there who passed away. Uh, you know, before a match, well, he he was uh, due to do a match, an under twenty one match, I believe, and um, he he was rushed to hospital and he passed away. So, you know, it's been it's been very challenging on the, on those families, and we'd just like to let those families know uh, the family of anyone that has passed away in twenty twenty that we're thinking of them because, I suppose, throughout the year and indeed especially coming up to Christmas, it's kind of tough on those people, and it's nice for them to know that we're all thinking of them at this time. Yes, um, Aidan, we, we all have lost probably good friends and some family members and, you know, to, to everybody out there that have lost a loved one, uh, our deepest sympathy to them. And there's also probably a lot of people in recovery that's maybe in hospital at the moment or have uh, people that they know that's uh, suffering from the COVID and we all wish wish them well. And I suppose we, you know, at this stage, Aidan, we're as well to, um, you know, about 2020, to acknowledge all the people that's on the front line, like hospital uh, workers and people that's working, in, working flat out within our hospitals and care homes to try and keep people alive. And I suppose the, the other thing that we want to acknowledge, seeing that we're doing a sporting interview here, is to acknowledge the great work that was done um, by sporting clubs, across all sporting clubs, in helping out our elderly people, in making contact with them, which was very important, and also maybe uh, getting the necessary items like the shopping or posting a letter or whatever it may be to, to help out. And I would say coming into 2021, that is very important that we keep up this uh, goodwill because we, we are, in the next couple of months, uh, going to be in lockdown again and it's very important that the people within clubs and within our community that we look out for our elderly people and especially people that's living alone. That's it and of course uh, this is a look back at 2020 it's going to be done in three sections the first section is going to be about uh, Craig's Rugby Club and then we'll move on to uh, Connacht Rugby and then Ireland Rugby. Uh, but first of all, I suppose we'll um, we'll start off with yourself, Adrian, and uh, look at, looking back at your your year. I suppose you, you achieved a lot in in twenty twenty. Despite it's been a tough year for for people in general, both involved in in uh, sport and not involved in sport, due to matches being postponed, training being postponed. 
I suppose you know it, there's a lot of mental uh, mental health issues that can come about because you're you know both players, coaches, and supporters are looking forward to games and you know throughout the season, one minute it's there for you and then it's taken away and different things. But that all comes down to the health and safety of people. But um, from your from your point of view, there's it's been a satisfi- satisfying year for you and and what, what you've achieved. You, you know you were involved many years with. Uh, Craig's Craig's rugby, and then uh, you got involved with Connacht rugby, and now you're involved with uh, in many aspects with with Connacht rugby, and also there are a, a few. So I suppose in 2020, just uh, cover those three aspects first. I suppose, Aidan, it's a um, it's a different situation. Uh, a lot of your listenerships um, wouldn't wouldn't believe that if I said that I wasn't in Dublin since the first lockdown uh, for a person that was in Dublin two or three times a, a week for meetings. We have all got used to uh, Zoom meetings now and looking at screens and talking to people. It's, it's the new thing for 2020 and it will be into 2021. And I suppose we all have again got, got used to doing business that way. And even though that, they, um, that a lot of rugby uh, didn't take place, there was a lot of work going on in the, in the background both at club level, uh, provincial level, and at um, at national level within the review, I suppose if we were to take it, say at club level, um, we got the season off after the first lockdown uh, with um, with training and g- keeping people in pods, and uh, then it, it developed into um, that we we could make contact and we got uh, various cup competitions off the ground. And as you rightly said, Aidan, the normal programme and schedule that you would do out for for a season, uh, it was, um, you know, probably nearly on a a weekly basis that you had to to revise it or to look at it and see how games could take place. So we set up a competition, a cup competition, that was played at uh, provincial level. And it was going fine until the government then had to shut it all down again. And that's the way it, the way it has been, you know, coming and going, as you say. But the one great thing was that a lot of the, the, the teams, the players, were able to uh, train and keep involved. And they, they, there was a lot more work involved, a lot more work involved for the coaches um, and the management of teams to try and keep the the pods uh, of 15 uh, going. And, you know, it, it worked well, and it worked well all down through the, the club in Craig's in getting uh, the mini rugby up and running. Numbers was was massive. It was over, there was over 200 um, on various occasions and that there in, in Craig's for, for mini rugby. And you had the youth rugby and you had also the women's rugby. And, you know, they all credit to the coaches and management uh, for keeping it going. And as you rightly said, uh, Aidan, it was very important for the health of these youngsters, for, particularly in relation to their mental health, to have some engagement and some engagement with their, their friends, with their with their uh, players, and, and to, to get, get out there in, in, in the fresh air and, and have some active activity. So... From that point of view, it it was very successful. That's it, and of course uh, we can't underestimate the role 
uh, that uh, that sport has in um, alleviating mental health mental health issues as well because it gives I suppose like I just said there it gives players and ma- and management and coaches and backroom staff as well as supporters sport it gives them something to look forward to it's something that they enjoy and you know that that's very good for morale for in all aspects of sport and that, that that's um, you know that's something you can't uh, you can't underestimate uh, oh absolutely because um i i was told that a lot, a lot of families um were um you know all cooked up and not able to to go anywhere um you know they, this was affecting them uh, badly and particularly where you have um, a number of young sons or that in, in a family they need to get out they need to use up that uh, energy that they have and parents uh, were coming to us and saying isn't it great to have um, the sport back and even if it's only training and and, and to get the, the kids out and I you know like it's disappointing now that the government has made the decision to suspend uh, the the training again in relation to pods because I honestly think that where it is very well run within Craig's and within the club, that it that it could continue and that there was no danger because if there was any danger, the the particular team in question or the pods of fifteen would be totally suspended on until everything would be safe again. We we had all the the COVID safety regulations and that in place that was laid down by by government and the IRFU and we followed that to the letter of the law and it it it, it worked extremely well and it's unfortunate that it has to be suspended again. That's it and of course moving on so it was great it's great to see the, the great things that are going on at Craig's Rugby all the positive things and all the developments uh, that's going on and we'll, we'll touch on that again uh, before the end of the interview but I suppose moving on to Connacht now there's uh, there's some great developments and there's some great things going on in Connacht as well and uh, tell us a bit about your involvement and what um, your involvement this year in uh, 2020 in Connacht Rugby Yes again uh, like I'm very involved with the um, on a number of the committees on the on the main committee and on the fixtures committee and naturally enough we were, we were meeting nearly on a weekly basis there to, to see what could be done uh, in contact with all our clubs uh, to um, help them out as much as possible to get the, the views uh, from from clubs and uh, see to get the various competitions up and running that for the period that we did uh, all, all over the uh, the m- months of October, November and that there it, it, it was great. Um, and again, we were just meeting and hope we were all hoping that uh, we would be able to get back into action early in in 2021. Now, um, on the professional side of things, um, uh, it's a different story for the simple reason, no more than at club level, um, that there's a lot of a lot of time uh, spent um, dealing with the whole financial uh, crisis, and the same goes within IRFU. Now, if you have a whole lot of professional uh, players and prof- academy players, um, you you have a huge wage bill there. So, naturally enough, we had to make some hard decisions. We had to cut our costs. We had to to uh, 
put um, reduced salaries um, for for staff and for for players, and we also had to let a number of our players go, and that's why Connacht is using so many young lads out of the academy at the, at present. So it's great for these young lads that they're they're getting an opportunity now to play at the highest level, and. The 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 pro the pro fourteen is now down to twelve teams because the two South African teams aren't participating in it. But the good news is that um, when when COVID um, is is uh, improved, that we will have four teams from South Africa. So we will be going back up to a pro sixteen uh, at some stage within twenty twenty one. And that will be that will be good from a, a financial position, and I you know would like to say here that our sponsors, uh, which we which we thank very much, uh, has stood by us within within Connacht, and with the help of the TV rights, is is a big help. But of course, we it's a huge financial drain uh, when you have playing the games behind closed doors and you don't have the the. The, um, the people coming to the games, and that's um, that's a big loss to to the game uh, at all levels, and other sporting organisations are suffering the same financially as well. That's it, and uh, of course as well, uh, we've mentioned it a few times throughout the year, you know, in interviews as well, the the connection between Connacht and. Uh, Craig's Rugby Club and also the Roscommon CBS with regards to young lads that are playing for both Craig's and uh, Roscommon CBS that they're they're see- they're uh, coming through and actually getting into the academy as well and you know there's a few actually that are on the a few of the the schoolboys rugby Ireland rugby team as well and all that so that must be a great for you being involved in Craig's Rugby Club it must be a great sense of pride for you to see these things happening. Uh, uh, from from your own club like Craig's that they're that they're doing well with Connacht rugby. It's it's absolutely a great opportunity for for young players to have the potential and have the the willpower and the determination uh, to um, t- take out a career uh, in 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 rugby and like they could, a lot of young lads are seeing it now at at, sc- at college level and through the club level. And are gearing themselves to try and get a professional contract and 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 move into rugby, and it it's heartening to see more and more of academy players getting this opportunity, and it does help to 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 um, get particular uh, lads that show potential to to join up um, with with the academy, and as well as that, they they are very well looked after, and they can continue. Their college uh, courses and that within within Galway uh, as well, and you know they're, they're not left behind because it's very important that they do get the various educational uh, qualifications because um, their career could be in this, uh, could be short lived, and it's very important that they have the education at the end of it. That's it, and I suppose moving on to the international scene, you know. Uh, how your your uh, involvement in the IRFU uh, throughout twenty twenty, and of course looking at the at the various Ireland international teams, both underage and senior. Um, I suppose at senior level, maybe not the kind of some of the performance we would have liked to have seen, but I suppose it's all a learning curve since um, you know since 
Um, Andy Farrell came in, and uh, since Joe Joe Schmidt left, so it's kind of uh, a get to know you twelve months really. Since uh, you know under Andy Farrell, wasn't it? Yes, well, Andy Farrell has brought in a new team of of, of people uh, with them, and I suppose it's a, it's always a learning curve, and. Uh, there was a lot of disruptions within training uh, as a result of COVID. Um, it, it, it took a while to get in. It was suspended in the in the springtime, the Six Nations. Um, uh, when we went into lockdown, the Italy game and the French game and so on had to be had to be played. And I suppose they, they, we were going uh, reasonably well, apart from the game against England, that we we were hopeful that we would end up uh, better than we did that we would have defeated france so it's always um, it's always a big ass to uh, to play against um, Eng- england and france away that, that's always every second year that that's always a difficult call so we we beat the other three nations but we weren't good enough to overcome uh, Eng- england and and uh, france the other sad thing about it all was too that we were going for the for the six we would have won the six nations at under twenty level, uh, and unfortunately these games were never finished out or won't be finished out. So it was unfortunate for the young lads at under twenty level that they didn't get the opportunity to win the six nations, and also for women's rugby the six nations was never completed uh, for women's rugby either because. You have to remember that they weren't in the same bubble as professional players. They were going back to their homes and so on. So that's one of the reasons uh, why the under-20s and, and the women's competitions couldn't go ahead. But let us look forward to 2021 and we hopefully that we'll have another Six Nations. It does look, Aidan, uh, very much that it will yeah. be again played behind closed doors. And, you know, they, this is going to be, no more than at provincial level, this is going to be a huge financial drain on on the IRFU. A lot of our meetings uh, uh, at, at committee and union meetings are in relation to trying to keep the, the body afloat. And I'm sure other sporting organisations are in the same, uh, same position. And only, again, only for sponsorship and TV rights and money from the government, we wouldn't be able to, to keep going. And unfortunately enough, uh, the IRFU um, had a, a lot of assets, and but you were eaten into any reserves and that, there that, you, that you had in order to keep the, the professional game going. And when you have the professional game being paid for the four provinces and the Irish teams, been paid out of the IRFU. It's a huge drain on money. Uh, and we don't have the same kind of structure that's in England and France, where they have, like the soccer, have sugar daddies and that there to to uh, keep the clubs clubs going. And they're not a drain on the, on the particular union like they are with the IRFU. That's it. And of course... Uh in the IRFU, like I just said there, you you've a, a huge involvement, and I suppose really from that from that point of view, your your involvement in the IRFU has has a couple of different strands. Could you tell the, the listeners uh, about that? Yes, um, you know, like uh, I'm involved in about eight different committees, and 
you know, it does um, <laughs> mean that we have a, a lot of meetings and um, there, you know, it's it's very interesting and very helpful there to be involved in, I suppose, being involved in the overall union meeting and the financial and being on the finance committee. Um, we we were very busy in, in the last um, in the last year uh, because a lot of time was taken up on that particular issue. I'm also involved um, in a lot of good work that we do for our injured players in, in relation to the charitable trust. And again, I suppose no more than a lot of other charity organisations, we are hit by not being able to arrange functions or draws or that there. So na- naturally enough, the finances there um, will, will, be, will be hit and we're trying to come up with other methods uh, to try and, and keep the funds going because it is important that any people that suffers a serious injury is is looked after and it's a great it's a great service uh, for for the families and we would have made sure that all the families were made contact and got a visit and that they're over the christmas period and um, any any assistance that they need we were able to provide for them that's it and of course i suppose Moving, well, it includes Connacht Rugby as well, but I suppose just looking back at 2020 for Connacht, Ulster, Munster and Leinster and their involvement in the Pro 14 and the Champions Cup, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I suppose um, the the most enjoyable uh, game so far was the the famous Houdini act by Munster by making the famous comeback um, after looking being nearly written off in the first half to uh, come back against Claremont and, and, and defeat them. And, you know, ho- hopefully that Munster uh, will, will continue in the Champions Cup. It's a great competition. Uh, you're up against the best in both, um, you know, the, the strong French clubs and the English clubs. And um, Leinster, um, again, looks uh, very strong. They have a very strong panel um, and, they have, you know, in, in depth, Unlike uh, what Connacht and Ulster have, um, Connacht, Connacht put up a, an, an extremely uh, good performance against Racing away. Uh, and if you look at, like as I say, if you're looking at budgets, um, I would say that Racing's budget could be anything from 78 times uh, what, what the Connacht budget is. So that's what you're, what you're up against and the type of players and that they're, they were up against. But our lads um, from Connacht put in a, a tremendous performance and they came unstuck against Pat Lamb's team uh, from Bristol. They, again, they put up a very good performance there, but uh, it just wasn't, wasn't good enough. And again, Ulster fell short the same, the same way as they don't have the, 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 the strong players. You need to have a very strong panel and unfortunately... They, that you know, the finance. We have to live within our finances that we have, and we probably aren't as strong as 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 we would be in in normal times at the moment. That's it, and of course, I suppose really looking at uh, two other players that aren't playing for any of those um, any of the teams here in Ireland. I suppose I'm on about uh, Simon Zebo and Onika Ryan who plays for uh, who plays for Rassing. And of course we're we're all aware of this uh, you know this rule that if you if you're playing outside IRF jurisdiction that uh, they they're not they can't play for um for uh, for Ireland. And I suppose you know those two players in particular um 
more, well, more specifically, I suppose, uh, Simon Zebo. He he was a, he would have been uh, seen as a huge loss to Ireland. And I suppose from from a player point of view, he's a he's a guy that we could do with that the Ireland team could do with. But I suppose in order for that to happen, that uh, that rule would have to be lifted. What are your thoughts on that rule? And do you think uh, that maybe at some time in the future that could be lifted and that would pave the way for Simon Zebo and Unica Ryan to play for Ireland again? Well, I suppose if you look, um, and I'm harping on this maybe a bit more like in relation to the overall financial position, maybe that um, there's over 50% of the professional contracts have have to be signed off on uh, now. And maybe that with the offers that will be coming to them from the IRFU, they may be looking at, at clubs abroad. And if a number of players decided to go uh, abroad, uh, to get better contracts, it would mean that maybe that the IRFU would have to change its stance uh, on on that. And I, I I would say maybe down the road that it it probably will happen. But in order for us, and we had the ideal situation when things were were going well before COVID, that we were able to afford to hold on to our better players. And um, there's a, a huge advantage um, in in that Hayden as well. That by holding on to your players here, you can dictate the amount of games that they play. You can give them the uh, amount of rest periods uh, necessary, and to making sure that they're not, you know, that they're not burned out and that they're so that they can get the sufficient games for their province, and also that they're ready then for international duty. If you're playing abroad in English clubs or French clubs. You have no rest period, and you could ha- actually have a have a game uh, pr- prior to a big international game the week before, and that's the that's the, what players would be up against. And needless to say, uh, Simon Zebo and um, knew exactly when he um, signed up the contract that that this was the the rules uh, that that he wouldn't uh, get playing on the international team. That's it. So I suppose really not being not being cynical around them, but maybe the 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 lifestyle and that um, that playing for uh, Racing Metro Racing uh, ninety two uh, would give him, and also the fi- fi- he'd be secure more fi- more financially secure. Maybe that was more important than him. You know, maybe it sounds unfair. Maybe that was more important than playing for Ireland, but. Uh, yeah, and and also from that point of view, aside from what you said, you said there as well with regards to that rule, it's also harder to kind of scout the player, scout them, and and um, see how they're performing for the club. So, for example, Simon and Donica over over in Racing, it's not as easy to keep an eye on them when they're uh, at the at the French club in Racing um, than it is if they were playing for, we say, obviously Simon Zebo playing for uh, as if he was playing for Munster. Yes, um, I, I suppose, uh, you know, if you look at the other codes, soccer are, are probably in, in a different situation that they're looking at players all over the place in, in order to put an international side together. So they have their their people to, to watch, to go to games. And that's what would have, have to happen in, in rugby to send various scouts to to games that these players would be playing in if, if, it, if there was a change in, in, in the rule. But I think the the strongest point is what I already made in is that the player welfare is the important issue. I think we have to look after after our players and and try and keep them 
that they that they remain in the game is as long as possible and that they're that they get um, a good professional contract and that their their health and welfare is well looked after uh, when they give up rugby. That's it, because I suppose over over in France as well, just on the welfare front, um, I'd say that the you know the players will be playing a lot more matches. There's uh, I suppose there's more demands on them as well. Um, you know, over in France and this that and other and the whole pressure that goes with that. So, you know that that's kind of something that they have to they have to put up with, but. Uh, whereas if they, I see where you're coming from. Whereas if they were playing for Ulster, Munster, or Leinster, or Connacht, they'd they'd have their rest periods and all that. And I suppose due to that as well, there'd be less chance of them getting injured, or you know that they also have great um, you know medical staff and all that to help help with that as well. But uh, looking ahead now, hopefully to 2021, it'll be great to it'll be great to see some positive things happening now. You know, obviously there's this whole thing now with the. Uh, with the vaccine as well, and ho- hopefully that will uh, drive down the current high figures that are uh, that we we're hearing about over the last couple of days uh, over COVID. Yes, it's very positive news in in relation to the vaccines, and all we can hope now is that the government and the necessary bodies um, roll it out as quickly as possible, and particularly that they get all the vulnerable people, the people on the in in nursing homes and in hospitals and elderly people, and um, then that the that they're able to roll it out to other people uh, within within the particular areas and counties and so on to try and and get down the the numbers because like people uh, people are are beginning to to rebel against this um, and I suppose the younger people. Um, probably um, feel that they're immune to it, that they're 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 out there, and uh, unfortunately, that they they mightn't suffer the same way as a, a, a person that's uh, in a vulnerable situation. But they are coming in contact with their with their grandparents or with their with their own parents. And I would ask uh, everybody for the for the next month of January, particularly January and February. That for all people of all age groups and that there, they take the necessary precautions and do what the government is saying, and and we like if we can get the numbers down safe, we will be able to get back to sport and activities and get our games up and running. But at the, at present, with the numbers as high as they are, there there's no there, definitely for the month of January, nothing will happen, and let's hope that numbers will that this uh, particular lockdown will help to bring down the numbers and that we have sport uh, going at all levels and maybe that we will have attendances at matches again during this summer. No problem. Well, thanks very much for taking time out uh, to do the interview with us and uh, I'd like to take this opportunity to wish you and your, your family all the best for 2021. Thank you very much, Aidan. It's always a pleasure to, to, to be able to be helpful and to, to give an interview on that there with you. No problem. Thanks very much. And uh, that was Adrian Leddy, who's involved with Craig's Rugby Club, Connacht Rugby and also the IRFU.